Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. We'll be speaking with Petra Volpe. She is the director of a film that is the Swiss entry for a best foreign film for the 2018 awards and that would be called the divine order it is a story of it's an amazing story one that i was not familiar with uh and it's about a women getting the vote in switzerland in 1971 believe it or not that's a, that's crazy that that 1971 but anyway it's a wonderful story some terrific acting in it including marie lewenberger Really a wonderful film, and, a, and a, uh, I want to talk with uh, the director, and that would be Petra Volpe. The film is called The Divine Order. Petra, welcome to film school. Hi, well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Sorry, for, that was a little bit of a, ha- uh, a hurried introduction, but let me describe the film. I, I, don't, I didn't do a very good job of introducing the film. It is, in fact, the story uh, set in 1971 in Switzerland, where despite worldwide social upheaval and pr- of, of the previous decade, women still were denied the right to vote. When uh, upon the scene comes a, a housewife named Nora, who, who, with others, uh, take it upon themselves to begin this uh, movement for suffrage, suffragette movement for women to find to uh, acquire the right to vote in Switzerland. Uh, Petra, how did this story? I mean, obviously you knew of the story, and I, I'm just stunned that I didn't know more about this. But uh, the story itself, the context of the story, and then also uh, your decision to move forward and turn this into a feature film. Mm. Well, I mean, in Switzerland, it's common knowledge that the women didn't get the right to vote until 1971. Kind of everybody knows about it, but it's that's it. Like, after the fact, after they got the right to vote, it was very much swept under the rug, and nobody really knows about the 100 years uh, the Swiss um, women were fighting for this right. So we don't really learn about it in school that the Swiss women didn't just sit back and wait until they got the right to vote, but that there was a very rich and very vivid and very passionate uh, women's movement in Switzerland trying to get that right to vote. And the first time the referendum was put to the ballot um, was 1959. And because uh, Switzerland is a direct democracy, men voted on it. And in 59, it got struck down. And the men didn't want to give the women the right to vote, and that was already very, very late in the in the European and also um, U- like uh, international context. The women in America got the right to vote in 1920, and um, and then they tr- they kept trying until then 1971. They got the right to vote on a federal level, but on mm-hmm. in some canton, like for example, canton Appenzell Innerrhoden, which is canton is like a state, the women didn't get the right to vote until 1990. And that's really very extreme. I remember I was 20 when that happened. And that state actually had to be forced. One woman sued the state and said it's against human rights. And the federal court uh, gave her right. And the the canton was forced to give the women the right to vote then. Um, So I thought we started to work on this story about five years ago. 
and we really wanted to shed a light on that really dark and embarrassing chapter of Swiss history, also because we felt it's time to remember that women had to fight so hard and, you know, to give the, to, to pay tribute to their, their voices and their fight because it, they were kind of non-existent in Swiss history, and I thought that's a scandal. And it's also so typical for women women's history not to be present in school books and in, in, in the general knowledge. And at the same time, we thought, okay, by looking back at the past and uh, making a period piece, we can also point at things in the present that are still, you know, not very well for women, meaning that there is still so much inequality in the world and we still have to keep fighting to, to, to be equal. So it was, it was both, the intention was to make a period piece, but to also, you know, sense, make people more sensitive sensible and aware of the things that need to be done today. You, you know, I mean, the funny thing, yeah, the funny thing about the story behind the Divine Order is uh, I've always assumed that Europe, and you know, uh, generally speaking, was very progressive and that Switzerland yeah. Switzerland itself seemed, again, at least as progressive as, uh, as any other country in Europe. So uh, mm. I don't want to fixate on that, but I mean, it's just, it's kind of, it's a story that when I first saw the, the you know, the synopsis of it, I really had to, really shook my, <laughs> scratch my head, like, <laughs> is this a misprint? Is this, did they mean 1921? Did they mean 19, you know, I mean, it was just one of those. So, uh, but uh, I just, well, go ahead. What people, I think, don't know, I mean, Switzerland was very, very good at, you know, building up a very positive image. We all think, you know, many people think of chocolate and mountains and, 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 and banks and money and, and rich, but Switzerland has its very dark sides. And one of them being uh, that they, they, they are very, very conservative, like socially. And the women, to this day, it's um, not easy for women, for example, who want to work and have kids. And I think the churches were very powerful and there's a very general sense in society in Switzerland to... They don't like change. So in 71, the right to vote was also seen as a threat to their national identity. They said, we are special, we are different, we do things our way, and if we change that, our order will fall apart. And that was really also a very nationalistic argument. And then there was the religious argument, that's where the title comes from, that uh, women in politics is against the divine order that God had meant women not to do politics. They're more, like, responsible for family matters and, and things that, you know, are in the inside and, and caring, and that men are responsible for the dirty politics. And if you, like, shake up that order, the the, the balance in society will ca- kind of be off and it will be bad for everybody. That was a very strong argument in 71. It's and just, it was irrational because you could see, like, the women were voting all around us, and yeah, uh, there yeah. wasn't apocalypse. <laughs> right, and right. my favorite, yeah, my favorite argument was: look what happened in Germany when the women started to vote; uh, they voted for Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, it's yeah, and you said all the things I would have said. Is you look around Europe? I mean, obviously there was a, a, there was the the. Uh, a, the right for women to vote was much earlier, but whatever. So it makes for this kind of just, first of all, a fascination about what this story is, what this story is about. So, I mean, immediately drawn to, to once I heard sort of the, the history here, I got to know more. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it's a terrific film. I, 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 and I think it's particularly strong for the reasons of the acting in it. The women that are, 
showcase uh, the, are are really wonderful, really well done. Uh, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Marie uh, Lewinberger, who has won yes. a number of awards. She won for Best Actress at the Tribeca Film Festival. Um, so obviously casting was a, a significant element in making the film. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about sort of where, you know, what went into that. What was your thought process? And I, I'm not familiar with uh, Marie's uh, previous work so much. So tell us a little bit about her, but also the act, the cast itself. Well, Marie has done one big um, film in Switzerland where, where she got very, like, a lot of recognition for. Like, a um, couple of years back, she, she was the lead actress in a in a other comedy, and I knew her from there. And then uh, she did a lot of television in Germany, but she was kind of a little bit off my radar. And I actually had cast a different woman, and she became pregnant, and she couldn't do the part, or she didn't want to do the part because she was focused. And she wanted to focus on, on, you know, getting the baby and everything. And then I had to do a recast, and that was it's always like frightening for a director in a in the late process of preparation. But then when I saw Marie um, in the casting, I was like, I, I I sent a little prayer to the universe and said, "Thank you, universe, for sending me Marie." <laughs> I was just given a huge gift. <laughs> Yes, and uh, I really always feel like Marie was a gift from heaven, um, <laughs> because sometimes it's. Uh, I say that quite often in interviews. You know, as a director, you always try to control everything, to plan everything, but sometimes you're just lucky. You know, you just get lucky, yeah. and um, and there's always also a little bit of magic involved. And I think this project just wanted Marie, and that's what happened. And I couldn't be happier with her. And all the other women was a very long casting pro- process because I wanted to have women, you know, all kinds of different kinds of women, you know, that they, they because I show show women from all ages and how they are affected by the law that is really dis- discriminating against them. Because what you also see in the film that marital law was very, you know, was not very much in... It was very much against women, actually, against their liberty. They were treated like second-class citizens, also on a on a on a law level. And so, I wanted to show how all these women of different ages get affected by it. And I just did a lot. Like I had two casting agents, and I did a very long, a very long pro- process to find the whole ensemble that would work together. Well, and and again, yes, yeah, that is. It comes across in the film. Uh, it's a great cross section of people, of women and involved, and it and there's there are a number of different sort of dynamics in play here. You have the relationship that she has with her husband, who is initially very resistant to what she's doing, thinks of it as an embarrassment to the family, and there's all this kind of peer social pressure that you see in the film. But there's also mm-hmm. the, another interesting element as well, and I'd love to talk about that part. But also the interesting element is the the woman who's in charge of the uh, the factory, uh, the sort of the the woman who who is leading the charge in some ways to keep herself and other women from the right to to vote. I mean, so there's always that element of, and you, I mean, sort of a sort of a window into the soul of people when you see see this kind of thing. It's 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 what's most important to them, and and talk a little bit about that sort of dynamic as well in in the film. These women intrigued me very much. They were in Switzerland. There was a very strong movement against the right to vote, and it actually came from women. And they were very bourgeois women. They were very well educated. They were pharmacists, doctors, lawyers, even. 
And usually they were quite well off, like they were came from families with money or they were married to men who had money. And they, um, I just felt, they made me so curious and I read a whole dissertation about them just to try to understand why would women be against the right to vote. And they saw themselves as, as you know, they saw themselves as defenders of the feminine. They would say, um, we women have a spe- special position in society, and if we also, hello, yeah, hi, I'm still here. There, yeah. If you, if you, if we women also want to vote, then we are kind of diminishing our position in society. Mm-hmm. We are making ourselves like less special. And they, yeah, they were defending Switzerland as a nation. They, they, they were defending women as they are. They had these very, like you know, also religious arguments, and um, yeah. and they they had this very strong propaganda. They had these posters where you can see, like, a, a cradle and the baby falling out of the cradle, and it said, like, Mommy went to the ballot, you know? <laughs> they were really, like... <laughs> Well, you know, you know, you hit on it. For me, uh, often these these arguments tend to be uh, biblically based or religiously based. There's somehow mm. so this idea that it's God's will, you know, for this sort of subservient mm. position in in our world and our life. And so, and that, it's, it's tough for women on the countryside, you yeah, know, because yeah, they weren't yeah. only up against the men; they were up against God, yes, you know, yes. by wanting to vote. Yeah. Well, I, again, I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with uh, Petra Volpe. She's the director and writer of the film The Divine Order. And it is the uh, – once again, it's uh, – it won an audience award uh, for Best Narrative Film at the Tribeca Film Festival. No small uh, kudo there for that, as well as it's the uh, – Switzerland's entry for Best Foreign Film Consideration for the Academy Awards for this coming year also won an audience award at the Traverse uh, City Film Festival uh, this year, and uh, the reviews have been terrific. I believe you're at like a hundred percent or ninety percent on on the Rotten Tomato scale of people. Really? Yes. Whoa, that's cool. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's very nice. And we're opening today in Los Angeles. I'm very excited. I'm doing Q and A's tonight yeah. and tomorrow at the Royal Lemlet Theater. You're at the Royal. Okay, yeah, tonight. Yeah. for the seven. What seven thirty screen? Yeah, for the seven. For I think the seven o'clock screening. So let me see here. I'm going to check. And also, it's also opening at the Lemley Playhouse Seven here in in well in Pasadena actually. So yeah. uh, you can check it out there. You it is the screening for tonight at uh, it's just, seven o'clock. Okay, seven o'clock. And it's also yes, yeah. Yes, you're right. <laughs> you would know. <laughs> so, yeah, I have to be there. <laughs> you have to be there. So, well, could, mm. yeah. So there's that. But um, again, I mean, sort of as a filmmaker, uh, getting this vote of confidence from uh, from from your country to to mm. move forward with this as an Academy Award considered film. Um, tell me a little bit about your reaction and, and and how all that played out for you. You mean that they are sending us to the Academy? Yeah. Yeah. Award? Yes. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> We were a huge success in Switzerland. The film was a very big success at the box office in Switzerland. It's actually still playing. We were one of the Wonder Woman of Switzerland, <laughs> the Wonder Housewife. So, uh, so they, you know, and the film was sold to so many countries. 
in Europe, and then we have a release in America. So I think Switzerland is just also very proud of the movie. And I think the general sense was also we need to look at our history. It's important. And they felt like, you know, the, the film really meant a lot to a lot of women in Switzerland. Like, they, they came to see the movie, and the, the reactions were extremely emotional because all these women who, you know, who lived through the time, they could finally see their own story on the big screen. And the film is also entertaining and very funny yes. because it's a it's a political it's a political movie and it's a it's it's an existential movie but it's also a funny movie. So I think yes. I think they and they also the, for the Swiss they realized when we won all these prizes in Tribeca they realized that you know the American people were you know relating to the movie. It really hits very close to home here because it's about equality. It's about how one woman stands up and raises her voice against an oppressive system, and we can see that right now happening, you know. Yeah. So it's also a very timely movie. So I think they just felt like it's the right movie to send to Hollywood. It's wonderful. It's wonderful to see films uh, like The Divine Order uh, held up as, as examples for not entertaining. Obviously, people go to films to be entertained, but also to be informed and understand another perspective and just kind of get the full spectrum of the human experience. And, and that certainly is, uh, fits the bill for the Divine Order. I, I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for the film. It is a fun film to watch and terrific performances all around. So all the best, uh, Petra, to you. On, Thank you so much. <laughs> on your journey with the film. And uh, I'd love to see you come back again with next time you have a project. So, so Absolutely. keep us in mind. <laughs> Thank you for having me as a guest. <laughs> You're very, very welcome. Again, the writer-director of the film, The Divine Order, that would be Petra Volpe. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.